everybody, welcome to Geek Actually, episode 117 for the 29th of January, 2011. I am Dave McVeigh, and I am joined by Josh Philpott. A much Hi. better feeling, Josh Philpott. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to not feel as sick, though. I did manage to take an entire piece out of one of my teeth recently, and Dave is running... Oh, right, to turn the fan off. Yeah, I just um, realized the fan was still on at full bore, and we should probably turn that down. <laughs> yeah. So we... Um, yes, no, I lost a good chunk of my tooth today, so just after feeling better, I now have a giant hole in my face. No, uh, that's not good. That's yeah, not good. but... You know what? I think it's just one of those things. I think I'm just one of those people that's doomed to constantly have something wrong. So you know what? I'll go with my usual line and just say, I'm all right, I uh, guess, I'm whatever. So <laughs> It's cool. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> all right, so what is this show? This is our um, all-new conglomerated Geek Actually show where we take our tech show and we take our Geek Actually after show and we fuse them together and we come up with some sort of new geeky <laughs> Some thing. sort of a hybrid that lies in the bottom of the chamber saying, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Anyway, so, uh, yes, and uh, all of our links today, in fact, just about all of our links, just some of the early tech stuff is, uh, is us, but most of our links today come from our uh, listener and researcher, Delta Knight, also known as David Murray, and he's in our chat room. Hello, Delta. And uh, remember, you can watch the show live and join into our chat room, and we've got kind of an active little chat room happening today. Uh, every Saturday, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at 12 p.m. is when we start. Today's actually 20 past 12. We're running a little bit late today, but that's all right. You know. This happens. It does. Um, we actually have a couple of last-minute uh, tech stories that were thrown in. I had all the show notes done, and then a couple of things jumped in at the last minute, which is why I say not everything is from Delta this week, because first thing I want to talk about is Egypt uh, very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, now this needs talking about. I want to talk about Egypt very quickly, because uh, yesterday I was reading the ABC News, and uh, that's Australian ABC, not American you ABC. You kind of double-take when you hear this, don't you? You do, because it's the hypocrisy of it that is what really threw me, because basically Egypt is having protests and stuff at the moment. We won't get into the politics of it all, but what we will talk about is the tech of it. And in the tech of it, basically, the Egyptian government just turned off the internet, they literally now, blacked see, out the country. You can know? we just one more time take a moment to repeat that for the chat room that are probably <laughs> wondering what you are talking about? They blacked out the internet. They literally they just flipped the switch off. and turned it off. I imagine it would have been a series of switches. I would yes. imagine. And this is one of the things I want to talk about because uh, it fascinated me for two reasons. One was the total hypocrisy of the U.S. government, which uh, I don't have the exact quote in front of me because I don't have the, um, the ABC article in front of me. But I read last night. Basically, they said that the U.S. condemned this action by saying, you know, it was taking away people's liberties and they should be able to communicate and blah, 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 and all this sort of nonsense. And all I could think is, a couple of months ago, we did a story on this very show. Well, actually, it was tech, actually, back then, but on this very show about how the American government wanted to give Obama an off switch. Yeah, I know, right? In cases of emergency, he could turn off the Internet. Everybody was saying, oh, they shouldn't be able to do that. And all this is the Americans saying, no, 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 in times of crisis, the president should have the control. And all I can think is, that's exactly what just happened. And what is the American? This is what you wanted to give Obama the power to do. You wanted to give him the power to turn off the internet. Well, this is what happens. Yeah, and it's funny because I think the U.S. government are doing what the U.S. just do so well, which is basically bury their head in the sand. No, feel, uh, <laughs> do the whole you know angry child thing and be like, but 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 we were supposed we to be able to do, that. to do that. You're not allowed to do that. We haven't done it yet. Um, yeah, no, uh, the whole thing just. I was spellbound. I didn't think it was possible to turn off. But we, we had a conversation about this. Callison says he bets the productivity went up in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but we were talking about this, and the reality is that in a place like Egypt, there probably aren't too many ISPs. So that was the second question, which was it actually baffled my brain. It actually made my made a little a little blood vessel pop at one point because mm. the concept of this. Now, I want to throw this into the chat room, and I want to talk to you about this, Josh, as well, because mm. it made me think. I actually. When you start to get down to it, get down to the nuts and bolts of how the internet works, and let's not forget that the internet was designed by the military and was designed to basically be able to survive nuclear holocaust. The idea was you take out nodes all over the planet in nuclear explosions, it would reroute and still maintain connection, right? How do you turn off the internet? I, my brain, I went, I don't even understand how that works. Yeah. I don't and understand. did that kill 3G networks as well? Well, according to the article, it said that a lot of the tech servers were all text were actually uh, shut down as well. So people couldn't do text messaging. Mm. So obviously the mobile networks were involved in this as well. I don't think they cut telecommunication, yeah. but they did cut down the tech server, the text yeah. servers. Boy, tech and tech, te- two te- hard te- words. Te- yeah. Ta- um, the text servers were shut down, or a lot of them were, not all apparently. Uh, by mm. now that could have changed. Um, and <laughs> Freak says, get the little box with the red light off it, crowd, and destroy it. What? <laughs> so we think that there's a little red box, so a little box with a red button, you just go, stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the stop the presses button in the newspaper office. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I would be pretty sure it would cause about the same amount of damage. Yeah, now, well. now Zeta said uh, border routers. Okay, yeah. I understand the flow of traffic in and out of the country. Yeah, you, yeah. That, for especially for somewhere like Australia, if we wanted to cut uh, traffic outside of the country, we just shut down the five pep pipelines and we don't talk to the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about they cut down internal traffic. They cut traffic. They blacked out the wow. internet. I mean, like, that's, I mean, just that's the think part about that, that for a minute. Yeah, that's just it's bizarre. Um, it says here you could just switch off the power to the ISPs. That was actually a point that Josh made, mm. uh, where you basically said, let's face it, how many ISPs does Egypt actually have? Yeah. Is it a situation where it's like Canada, where there's only like two or three major ISPs? In that situation, shut down the ISPs, you shut down the internet. Yeah. Uh, Australia, there's a lot more ISPs, but we were talking about this last night, shut down the copper network, which is basically Telstra, uh, which everybody else licenses from that copper network. Uh, that's going to shut us down. Yeah. Um, kind of shutting down somewhere like America, I imagine, is a lot harder. Yeah. Um, where there's completely deregulated internet and everybody's got their own cables and their own towers and their own... Yeah. That would be a nightmare. Yeah. No, I don't know, man. I mean... It's... Yeah, okay. Zed says Australia only has four POPs. I thought it was five. But anyway, four POPs, you don't need to do much. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I, I'm actually with that. I think that it was an internal job and the government's just wandered up into these buildings and flashed appropriate machine guns. tickets. Or, yeah, <laughs> mach- machine guns is probably closer. It is Egypt. Sorry, I forgot that. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think that that's what happened, man. I think that they've just rocked up and gone, all right, this is going to stop. And... It actually is quite scary because we live in such an age where we kind of turn around and go, well, they can't stop us. You know, we have, mm. you know, we have the right of free speech. But if they want to, it's just proof that it's not that difficult to turn it all off. It's kind of an eye-opener, isn't it? Speaking yeah. of turning everything off, this was the other article that came up. Now, this is actually in our show notes, and um, I've actually got it a little bit further down in the notes. But I think seeing as we're talking about shutting internets off and stuff, let's drop this up a little bit yeah. and basically say um, that the IPv4 situation has actually reached critical mass. Yeah, now this is, um, this is an interesting one. My wife, my lovely wife, Katie, actually... Uh, 
had to stop and ask me about this because she actually didn't understand. Yeah. And the thing is, most people who are not technical won't understand the situation. Mm. But the bottom line is we use IPv4 as a protocol on our networks. It's a 32-bit protocol. Yeah. And there is IPv6, which is 128 yeah. bits, and that is our saving grace. IPv6 will bring us out of this mess. Yeah. However, um, <laughs> the problem is that IPv6 is not backwards compatible to IPv4, yeah. and nobody has bothered to upgrade to IPv6 because, to quote the article I was reading, and in fact, I have an article about this right here. I might bring this up to uh, make sure we have it. But um, to quote the article, they basically said they saw the companies have seen no incentive mm. to uh, do the upgrade. Now, how critical is this? According to the experts in this news.com.au article that I've got here, they're basically saying that we're going to be out of IP addresses uh, on the IPv4 network. Literally, boo. He's saying, say IP4. Well, you can say IP4, IPv4, whatever. But he's basically saying um, we're going to be out of addresses by possibly next week. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and the funny thing is that Callison sums it up perfectly They will see an incentive when everything breaks Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I know? really think it's going to get to that point We take the internet so for granted And the whole thing is that um, They were talking about it before And though I laugh at it I actually find it to be a really interesting episode If you guys have ever seen the show The IT Crowd I actually know friends that don't get the joke In a particular episode where they hand her a box and say, this is the internet. And people are literally like, why is that funny? It's like, because it's not in a box. Mm. It's not just somewhere. Absolutely. And people don't understand that. And it's the same thing with the IP addresses. If I explain to somebody how incredibly critical this situation is, how the fact that internet companies all over the world, business, trading, you know, all these things will just stop if the internet okay, that, no, okay, that, that it brings, won't stop. Yeah, that brings me to the next point, which is what actually will happen. All right? yeah. and, and, and we don't know. Uh, I, I don't know, personally. Uh, mm. The chat room, we've got a lot of tech-savvy people in our chat yeah. room right now. Please chime in. Yeah. But my understanding is that when we run out of IP numbers or internet protocol numbers, so this is basically for those who don't understand. We're seeing some people saying, can we please define? This yeah. is the address length. Uh, yeah. When you go to a website... Um, We've got to make it very clear to people that when you go to a website, a website is not Facebook.com. Yeah. It is not you know, geekactually.com. A website is actually a series of numbers. Yeah. It's an address number. So uh, 182.329. Whatever. Whatever. Mm. Whatever those numbers might be. Yeah. And it, at the moment, is in a, it is in a block, uh, a 32-bit block, basically, yeah. of address numbers. And then what you have on top of that is you have what's called a domain name server, which basically attaches a name to that address it's just basically a bookmark so find something you know so you don't have to type in a number you can type in something catchy that you'll remember yeah all right it's not the domain names that we're worried about at this point yes we talked about we've talked about many times in the industry the fact that we're running out of domain names as well but that's easy enough you can open up new sub-level domains they've just opened up recently the dot me's they've just opened up the dot sex they've just opened up so they can they can create new domain names yeah the actual underlying structure Mm. Of this all is this address na- this address numbering system. Mm. IPv6 uh, is the new protocol, which basically allows 128 bits, yeah. which allows many more combinations of numbers and would keep us going for a long time. Now, yeah. the creator of IPv4 was actually talked about in this article as well, and he basically said, "You, you know, he's sorry 
that this has happened, but you also have to understand that IPv4 was an experiment yeah. in 1977. Nobody knew the internet was going to take off the way it did, right? It, the whole in, the internet itself was an experiment. Absolutely, the whole yeah. thing was was uh, an experiment to see if we could interconnect. Who knew it was going to take off the way it was going to take off? And the internet has been cobbled together since the very beginning. There's been no one clear vision mm. over the whole thing. So uh, we are now catching up with that. It's kind of like Sydney roads. There was no planning to Sydney. And Sydney is now a disaster to drive in because there's no planning, right? Um, So the internet has no planning to it. And so it's now reached a point where it's a mess. What happens when we run out of domain numbers? The thought is that basically um, uh, translators will have to start being used and shared IP numbers will have to be used. This is not the solution. This is just what will happen uh, Mm. because the internet won't just stop. It won't go black, right? Mm. But what is going to happen is it's very quickly just going to start slowing down very, if we keep going at the rate we're going, it's just going to keep slowing down because the more translations that take place, the slower it's going to get. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because the concept of that is really competitive to everything that we're trying to create because everything else is saying we got to get faster exactly and everybody's driving for speed and it's like there will be a moment where it starts to slow down and everyone will be like how do we fix this Mm. and that's when no one can give a clear answer now we're seeing in the chat room zed has basically said the u.s government are already on ipv6 uh there are a number of big companies there but the isps are dragging their feet that is the problem yeah. Because it's a financial situation. You have to actually pay yeah. money to fix this problem, and the ISPs don't want to pay the money to fix this problem. Uh, the NBN should be IPv6, I think, says Calisynth. I would damn well hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll once again, the problem is if you are on an IPv4 ISP and you go to an IPv6 website, you will get a blank page. They are mm. not compatible. Yeah. Um, so unless everybody is compatible, we're going to run into some serious blockages. We're going to get back to the old bottlenecks that Mm. happened uh, many years ago on dial-up. This is what's going to happen. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what what happens over the next few weeks because it's either going to be a big shuffle that takes like months to fix or it'll be this quick changeover where the internet goes dead for like a day. Well, yeah, and look, most routers that you buy today for your homes have all got IP6, IPv6 built into them. Mine does, you yeah. know? It's like they've all got they've all got IPv6 and IPv4 yeah, protocols built into so them. there's so many out there that doesn't. So many people are using old equipment still. Yeah. Nobody's bothered to upgrade any equipment. The pr- you're going to run into problems. Now, Delta Knight says it's going to be a real problem if they have to run both IPv4 and 6. Mm. Uh, yeah, but it might be a better solution than basically everybody sitting stalled. You know, I I don't know. Once again, I don't have the answers to this. It says, Dave, you can do IPv6 over four. Um, You can do six. You can do six over four. James, it's going to take a while. Uh, uh, Yes, but you can't do four. Is it you can't do four on six or you can't do six on one of them is not backwards compatible. One of them is not compatible with the other. Yeah. Uh, I read that the, just last night because I actually thought there was a backwards compatibility uh, uh, scenario, but apparently one of them is not compatible with the other, which mm. makes sense if you think about it. Because yeah. how are you going to cram 128 bits into into 32 bits? You can't. You can't. You can go the other way, but you can't cram one into the other. It's like yeah. you know trying to 
cram a fat man into a size well 10, this is you know? this is a big problem though like we're already at a stage uh in the world where people are four to six is an improper fraction anyway always hated them yes james thank you all right enough <laughs> of the nerd jokes um the big problem that's going to happen over the next little while is the fact that we're going to hit this period of time where like people are already struggling to get computers mm. like we've got to a point now where computer understanding is further than just how to work a word processor and do your emails like there are things that will happen day to day that you have to understand like updates happening and so on and so forth so the world's already trying so hard to get this when this happens if it's not handled properly it could be an absolute chaos and i hate to say this is actually one of the problems with uh, the way the computer industry is run at the moment with the fact that everybody, every man and their dog basically has a computer now yeah. because they want to do their Facebooking, they want to do their email, they want to do their Twitter, yeah. but nobody or a very small, uh, sorry, very large majority, I should say, are not interested in how any of it works. Yeah. And in the old days, those who had computers also knew how to rip them apart and do something with them. You had to. It was like a car. That's right. It was like having a custom car and you had to know something about it. And so, you know, we were were in charge of our own destinies. And we'd say, oh, we need to go IPv6. We would take care of it. You know what I mean? Nowadays, we have this huge mass market out there. And most of them are blissfully unaware that any of this is even happening. Mm. The problem with that is to do a changeover now is hard work because we have so many people online doing all of this. And yes, Delta and I just pointed out, it's not just computers. Computers, smartphones, laptops, tablets, uh, internet-enabled fridges, you know, it's like everything requires an IP address, yeah. you know, and, and this is the problem. The more things that get connected to the net, the more IP addresses run out the door. And they're going out at a great rate of knots at the moment because everybody, everything has got to be online now, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure why, but every, there are internet-enabled washing machines. There are internet-enabled microwave ovens. There are internet... You know, you sit there and look at it and go, really? Internet-enabled washing machines. Yeah, apparently awesome. it pulls down cycles and stuff and updates to its firmware. And, you know, it's like, why? There is and no need for this. And also you can probably do your washing from outside and Maybe. it'll tell you You know, these houses done. where you can remote control everything, you know? And now, of course, we're, we're putting internet on all our television sets as well. Mm. And everybody has multiple boxes. Think about it. My television set downstairs has uh, at least two... Yeah. devices connected to it that have internet access, mm. you know, uh, and I say at least two, I think there's actually three, but anyway, um, <laughs> the point is that all these devices, once again, all need, require IP addresses. Mm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's kind of a scary, well, how about an internet enabled vibrator autonomous? <gasps> but that could be fun. Yes. <laughs> What's it do? Pull down settings? <laughs> Needs a firmware. Up- firmware updates. <laughs> See, Thank you the- guys. Good night. <laughs> I think with that we can finish. These are the things that you miss when you're not live in our chat room. All right. Uh, with a Twitter feed. <laughs> you tw- the Twitter post. Oh, oh, baby, baby. Oh. Just stop. Stop it. Stop. Stop. All right. All right. So back look, to what we were. We talking are. About. We are facing a, a whole different kind of apocalypse here at this point, which I find fascinating. Yes, in our chat room, guys. <laughs> which I find fascinating. This whole IP, because I remember them talking about this twelve months ago. Yeah. And they were talking about how oh we're going to run out of internet addresses, and it's like oh yeah, sometime in the future, right? Yeah. But to read an article last night where it actually says yeah we'll be out of IP addresses next week, and it's like you're kind what? of going. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Should we maybe do something about this? <laughs> maybe it's time to actually, like, you know, have a look, you know? <laughs> we'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> Rabbitvibrators.com.au, high joy, internet-enabled iVibe by Doc Johnson. Oh, my God. Wow. It's real. Oh, my God. I don't even want to click that link. I'm scared. No, no, we need to stay focused. (laughs) Somebody's put not safe for work, NSFW. And uh, James from Melbourne has said New South F and Wales. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're in New South F and Wales, dude. So just uh, pay attention, all right? All right, so uh, that was that. Let's talk about something a little lighter here because I think we've lost the chat room to vibrators. That happens quite a bit. It does. And I want to say two things that caught my attention this week. First thing was that PlayStation finally announced their new portable. But now, this is before you jump in here, because I know you've got the the skinny on all of this. But the thing I thought was interesting was we've been talking over the last few weeks about this PlayStation phone. Yeah. And it turns out that the new PSP is not a phone. No. But the PSP phone is is still happening. And what it turns out is that Zeus isn't some all-new super device that everybody was talking about. What they've done is they've created an Android version of the PlayStation software. So they're releasing the PSP, the new PSP 2, which we'll talk about in just a second, but they're also releasing this PlayStation software. So Android phones are essentially becoming portable PlayStation devices. Mm. So the Zeus is just one of what is going to be many uh, uh, Android-enabled phones yeah. using PlayStation games. So that finally clarifies what all that was about. So tell and me what when, you think about this new PSP. Well, when I heard that, I was really surprised. I was like, wow, that's an incredibly smart thing coming out of a company that hasn't done a smart thing in about Although, talk about years. cutting the knees off of your own device, though. Why? Well, because people are going to go, why buy the PlayStation Portable when I could have an Android phone? I'll just play the games there. It will never run as well as that thing will. Mm. I guarantee you, especially if it's running on... Um, uh, especially if it's running on Android. I'm sorry, but Android is a fucking shit well, system. There is that, yeah. um, Although the new look, Android, we haven't I, seen the new Android, which is what this is for. This is okay. for the but new Android. When I out, say so. that, um, let me redefine. Sorry, that's incredibly uh, very uh, broad. No, yes, um, Android is not a bad system. Android doesn't game well. Okay. Um, it's jaggy. It can't handle things like Angry Birds. It's like it doesn't matter what system. Apparently, Angry Birds actually stutters on it. Really yeah, badly. it does. Um, we've it did got, on, it we've did got on Nokia as well, though. Symbian's Angry Birds sucked. So. Exactly. Um, it's a good benchmark now, Angry Birds. Um, but it's like if you can't get something like that right, um, like this sort of stuff, though it may work, will not work to the best mm, of its mm. abilities. Um, on top of that, um, the Android system to me still isn't the best thing that you can put on a console. Something like this needs its own dedicated. Up. Now, the their actual device, their actual yep. handheld device, isn't Android. Though, no, is it? no, I don't it's... think so. No, um, but look, I got to say, um, thank you, Sony. Uh, you're, you're retards, you should tell us things like this. Yeah, you don't, nice seem, it was you don't seem any smarter by hiding it and then bringing it out and being, <laughs> ah, see, we got you. We're all just sitting in our seats going, why didn't you just say it? Two thumbsticks. Yeah, two thumbsticks. It's not that difficult. And 3G internet connection also, yay. yay. Um, uh, Sony uh, memory card. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, it's using the SD now, right? Uh, give me a second. I can tell you it's actually using... I thought it was still using their own proprietary sticks, but if it's using SD, even better. Um, because I know Sony's pretty much flicked to it. Buy uh, Autonomous. Buy Autonomous. 
Uh, um, now, due to launch before Christmas, a feature five-inch touchscreen rear touch panel. I like this rear touch panel idea. This is yeah. a really interesting. It's a touchpad on the back of the device, so you can yeah. just run your finger around the back. Interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, two cameras, two joysticks, 3G internet connection, a four-core processor. That's the most awesome, awesome thing. Awesome! This is PlayStation, like current PlayStation graphics in a portable device. Mm, mm. Sony, the only thing they've got wrong here, the only thing that still drives me nuts is it's still the same size. It's like this Well, if, yeah, five-inch screen. And now they're saying it just, all it says on this article, which is... Uh, from UMDs again. That's another great no, thing. No, 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 no. Older UMD game disc will not be compatible. It says, unlike the PSP Go processor, the NGP will accept memory cards, so users will have a choice of whether to download a game or buy it. Older UMD game disc will not be compatible. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, um, sorry. Not UMDs, but it is taking uh, games. Like, you can buy games in you stores. You can buy games in the store. Which means that games yeah. can be traded and so on yeah. and so forth. I think which the UMD opens up the disc market. is dead. I think we and can count that as we can bury it. And well, look, I, I don't care if it's a UMD disc. Um, I just to actually have separated files to be able to go into a mm-hmm. store and buy them and stuff My like that. My question is are they going to start releasing movies on SD cards? Um, look, or even buy movies if it's got. Digital copy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, if the thing has a hard drive. Oh, no, because then you're going to get into the whole which format digital copy because iTunes ones aren't going to run on it and then uh, no actually the original um, Sony PSPs one of the reasons they still work is because they can run certain DivX formats as oh well. the DivX formats yeah but they so, don't release legitimate digital copies well we don't no <laughs> come on let's not let's not be too quick to judge we don't look I think it's a very on. pretty machine and if you go to the uh, link that's in our show notes you'll actually see a picture of it mm-hmm. um, it's very pretty uh, it's got two sticks two thumbsticks again so mm. thanks God, they got rid of the uh, uh, PSP Go form factor, and they've actually brought it back. It's very thin. Um, I noticed that there's a side-on view in another article. I saw it's actually a very thin device, which is great because it'll mean it'll be a bit lighter than the last one. Mm. Which I uh, well, also not awesome. having a phys- not having a uh, optical drive mm. will also take. I'm a lot really space. curious though if it's running a four-core processor. It's that small. Um, it's it has hard. a drive. Yeah. Number one, I'm worried about heat. Number two, I'm worried about battery life. Mm. Like, I mean, if it's running a full-core process... And once again, like with a lot of the announcements, like with the uh, BlackBerry uh, Playbook, the yeah. tablet that they're talking about, which by all accounts looks really good, yeah. nobody's talking about battery life. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think everybody is waiting for the next innovation in batteries before they release this stuff because <laughs> they, they won't tell us. Nobody will tell us what sort of battery life this stuff is getting. Um, but uh, I think Sony might be on a winner here. We'll see. Yeah. The other big trick will be what's it going to cost? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, because if I remember correctly, the original PlayStation Portable was way overpriced, yeah. um, and so if they if they don't if they don't price it in the iPod Touch mm. price range, yeah, uh, it, I don't think it'll take. Um, um, I would no 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 I I would accept probably fifty to a hundred dollars more. Like think about it, the mid range one is where I would be aiming with it. If it's got a four core processor, they're aiming for what the PSP did when it first dropped which is having graphics better than anything on the market. And it had that in spades. You could not get close to the PSP at the time. The PSP was the only good 3D-capable unit. Hmm. The question I want to know is, it's got all this great processing power. Um, Does this mean we might get slightly larger games? Because one of the biggest criticisms of the PSP is that all the games are really 
cut down versions mm. of their equivalents. Mm. What sort of? Well, it also doesn't tell us what sort of internal memory it's got either. Mm. So, well, we there's a lot of things. We there's don't a lot know of questions we haven't got answered yet. Uh, our chat room Z has basically said the playbook might be able to run Android apps. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, we don't know. We, we don't I know don't because I don't think it's actually running Android. I think it's running. I think uh, BlackBerry is running its own proprietary format. I'm not sure about that. I'd have to ask. Yeah. And it's coming. It is coming out second quarter this year, which is so funny because they were demonstrating it and stuff at uh, CES. CES. I want to say CES. Was that was. The one that just happened? Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, they were demonstrating it and stuff like that, but they still won't give away certain details, like battery life. <laughs> so uh, I think it's uh, – uh, yeah, look, by, by all accounts, the uh, BlackBerry is supposed to be – the BlackBerry playbook is supposed to be very interesting. However, here's the kicker. Apparently, with the BlackBerry playbook, you don't get internet access unless you have a BlackBerry. It actually tethers to a BlackBerry. So That's it. That's it. So wow. um, that could be its downfall. But there's a lot of BlackBerry users in the world. So, um, yeah, well, so, it's kind of like the whole iPhone thing, iPhone, iPad, apps, and so on and so forth. I mean, Absolutely. Did you hear that the, um, there is a rumor going around, and this is completely off track, but there is a rumor going around that the next uh, iPhone, iPhone 5, will actually have MiFi built into it. Oh, wow. So you'll be able to basically patch your iPad into your iPhone. That's so it's not cool. actually tethering, it's just... That's creating a little cool. local network. That's really hot. It's very an Apple, so I don't know if there's much credence to that rumor. All right, so Sony's new portable play uh, portable will also gain for Android phones. This is the other article we have. It's called PlayStation Suite. Right. It's the software. Um, and so it says, new Android-compatible game service. Uh, today it is PlayStation meeting in Tokyo. The service will make older PlayStation games available on mobile devices. So the new games will go to their new device. The older games will go to the Android platforms. Well, there's a, there's a bunch of games that will be mm. worth playing, you know, like 10 of them. So good for them. <laughs> All right. So that explains the whole Android phone thing. And even Sony, was it Sony Ericsson has one of these Android phones in the works. The other thing that I thought was very interesting this week, and uh, I just thought we'd bring this up because we're seeing a shuffle all over the place. Mm. Steve Jobs last week steps down from Apple for a, a leave of absence. Mm. Whether he comes back or not, we don't know. Mm. This week, uh, Google CEO Eric Schmidt... You know? Maybe they're all taking time off. No, no, no. He did, uh, all... But see, Eric Schmidt didn't step down. This yeah. is the interesting part. Well, he did step down, but he stepped down into a lower position into Google, got $100 million for doing so, and uh, Larry Page, the co-founder of Google, mm. has stepped back into the CEO position, which is a position that he held originally. Yeah. Um, now, the reason why Schmidt was hired was because the investors, the um, – uh, venture capitalists actually felt that they needed adult supervision because they were these young kids running a startup. And so Eric Schmidt was brought in to help basically form Google into what it is. Eric Schmidt has said in a public comment basically that they no longer need adult supervision. And he's now stepped into, uh, I want to say, what is his new role? He is, he's not doing the day-to-day. -day. He said, his quote is, day-to-day -day adult supervision is no longer needed. And he has stepped into a position of, uh, give me a second, I uh, can't find it here. It's somewhere here. Um, oh, I don't remember. Anyway, he stepped down into a lower position so that Larry yeah. Page could step up, which means Larry Page and Sergey basically have retaken control of Google. Yeah. Now, my theory on this, uh, I have a, a theory. Now, this is not um, publicized, and this is not what they're saying, but my theory is this might be over China. Yeah. Because Larry Page and Sergey did not want 
to be in China anymore. They didn't want to censor, and they were right behind pulling out of China. It was Schmidt who kept them in China because it was a business decision, right? Yeah. By putting Schmidt into a lower position, they take control of the company. Are we going to see Google finally turn around and say, that's it, enough? Yeah. And go back to being the do-no-evil Google that wow. started out. I wonder. That would be a really interesting step for them. I think it would be. I think it would be very interesting because we've got the two idealists back in charge again. Wow. Wow. Or maybe this is the step, first step of world domination, Dave. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this so, is where they finally start taking over the world. Yeah. Uh, executive chairman is what he's stepped down ah, into. All right. So he's become the uh, executive chairman. Now, what I also think is really curious is that uh, Sergey Brin and Paige are 37 years old. Makes well. me feel very, very old. Can I just tell you that makes me feel very, very old that these two 37-year-olds are now back in charge of Google, which is one of the largest companies in the world. Well. Scary stuff. Anyway, but the humorous side of all of this comes when I read this article in the Sydney Morning Herald uh, a couple days ago, which says, Eric Schmidt is also looking for a TV career. Mm. He wants to host a talk show. Wow. Now, this is the man, mind you, who was the one who point blank when people were complaining about privacy at Google was the one who said, you got nothing to hide. You got nothing to worry about. (laughs) (laughs) All I can Uh, think is he's not going to be the most personable person on television. Look at him, too. He's so scary. He is kind of... So, yes. So be eyeing up uh, ways for uh, uh, Larry Schmidt to be on TV soon. Now, when Twitter got a handle, when Twitter got word of this... Yeah. Uh, the Twitter users started to jump in with some names for his show. Yeah. And you got to love twi- Twitter people. Uh, now, these are not real names, mind you. These are just the Twitter handles. But they had Holy He's Schmidt. Um, my show is the Schmidt. Schmidt happens. I'm getting too old for this Schmidt. <laughs> I Schmidt you not. <laughs> Who gives a Schmidt? <laughs> I like the last one. I reckon you should with that. Uh, and then somebody said they should, he should partner up with Wendy Williams and Ricky Lake and call it Schmidt Sandwich. <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> I love users. I gotta tell you, I love geeks. You guys, oh, you guys man. are the bomb, man. I love you. Uh, all right. Um, now I've got. Uh, there is a picture of this that uh, can be seen in our show notes. Uh, I'm just gonna bring up the article real quick so that Josh can see the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but a company in Germany has invented an indestructible Terminator hand. And. An indestructible term. Yeah, yeah, there's actually a video of this as well, which you can watch. I didn't capture the video because there's no audio to it at all. But in the video, you're actually sitting there hitting it with you know hammers and yeah. two by fours and stuff to see if they can actually damage it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, indestructible basically, um, and it was developed by uh, the Institute of Robotics and Mechatronics, uh, part of German Aerospace Center. The fully functional anthropomorphic robot hand can withstand major collisions and even direct pounding with a hammer, baseball bat, or metal pipe, making yeah. it essential uh, an essential part of future indestructible humanoid robots. <laughs> 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 this article's brilliant as well because like it points out all the great points and then in highlighted like full full size caps lock text that does the opposite so it's got like it can operate um both uh, as gentle as a fe- um, as a feather or choke you until your eyes roll back into your head <laughs> well, my favorite one is the one down here where it's like um uh, so I seriously doubt the robot's going to run into the things, uh, things like that on the job, talking about yeah, you know, yeah, crushing yeah. Bat- baseball bats and so on and so forth, unless your job is killing humans. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
yeah, we are on the first stage. And apparently, according to another article I read on this exact same uh, story, the yeah. link is actually uh, on this uh, article. It goes on to say that they are now developing the torso and full arms for it. And all I can think is, stop, stop now, stop, please, please stop. You, this is a bad you don't understand. This is a, this is it. This is the end. This is the end. And I got to tell you, looking at this picture, it looks exactly. Like the robot hand. Oh, dude, it from totally Skynet. does. That, that's where they've got the idea. These yeah. people are just playing with fire, and they don't even care. They it's don't amazing. even care. They're going, hey, that was a good idea. Let's build that. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Yes, well, we <laughs> use that one a lot around here. And I also find it vaguely ironic that it's the Germans who have invented this. <laughs> oh, God, dude. We taught them a lesson in 1918, and they've hardly bothered us since then. <laughs> Sorry, it's a Tom Lehrer song. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I apologize to all the Germans in the audience. That was uncalled for. <laughs> but it's a great song. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, now, the other thing that I thought was kind of scary that Delta sent through to us was vending machines are getting too damn smart for their own, uh, for their own uh, uh, uses. Uh, Kraft has invented a vending machine that while you're uh, standing in front of it, it scans you. And helps you make your decision based on your age, your height, your weight. <laughs> wow, that doesn't, sound, that doesn't sound at all insulting. It's like you go it to the vending machine and go, I want that chocolate bar. No, you don't. <laughs> no, he just looks at you it's like, really? Do you really want Do that chocolate bar? Do you need that chocolate bar? Shut the fuck up and give me my chocolate bar. I have a muesli bar that might be better for you. <laughs> I don't pay you to think. Shut up and give me my food. I think we're going to see a lot more vending machine rage. <laughs> You're just smacking the vending machine. Stop it! I just want chocolate. I gave you a dollar thirty. Give me my fucking chocolate bar. Also in tech, how much would you pay to stay warm? I'm. It's a valid question. Uh, so how much would I pay to, to stay warm? To stay warm. Let's if- say you lived in a cold climate and you wanted to be warm. How much would you pay? Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, if it was cold all the time and I was uncomfortable from it, probably a lot of money. Okay, well, this jacket, uh, which there's a link for in our show notes, this jacket, which is a fine-looking parka, yeah. this jacket is $1,200. But it is USB-enabled. You plug it in, charge it up, and it keeps you toasty warm. Dude, that's fantastic. <laughs> there's going to be people in, like, sub, sub you know, Absolutely. thermal it's in, climate. It's designed by a former Intel engineer. It warms itself through carbon fiber threads woven into the coat and charges via USB. That's so cool. Isn't that cool? Now what they need to do is they need to do that, uh, what's that charging technology called where it's uh, charged by movement? The kinetic. Kinetic, kinetic charging? Yeah, yeah. Basically, you wear it, and as you wear it, it charges itself. Now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell you what, if I was living in America at the moment where they're having the snow apocalypse, you know, yeah. um, I think I'd fork out $1,200 for this <laughs> coat. Um, <laughs> all right. Now, Josh, this is a story right up your, uh, your wheelhouse. The uh, Secret Service have done away with their little models that they always did yeah. that they always used to train with. Yeah. Uh, they used to actually call it Tiny Town. They had like these models built and they could actually, you know, test yeah. strategy and so forth. They're now using really um, uh, uh, complex first-person shooters using stereoscopic 3D um, So uh, on 55-inch monitors. Now, this would be hot. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play on that. Apparently, though, the um, the the... The program is actually called Virtual Battle Space, and it is a product of the original Operation Flashpoint. Yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me. Armour um, have worked closely with the government before. Who um, did U.S. Army that uh, 
don't know if that it was, was also, the same guy. That was also but, developed for the for the actual yeah. military. Um, but the whole thing behind it was that um, if you play these games, there's ridiculous levels, ridiculous levels of uh, you want to play it, don't you? Um, I would be interested to, <laughs> but if it's anything like armor, it's like seven to ten hours of planning and about an hour worth of gameplay. So no, Dave, I don't. <laughs> do you know what would only make? Do you know what would make this better? Yeah. The big hamster wheels, <laughs> the big hamster wheel virtual realities. The running with the running in the circle and the yeah yeah, yeah. No, um, that would make it even more awesome. Yeah, so then what you, you, really what you need like to you do is there. you ha- need to have an entire warehouse full of soldiers running around in those things, and some dude sitting in a room telling them all what to do Damn on a battlefield. It's like battlefield slightly more realistic. Or how about <laughs> everybody just go outside and play baseball? Battlefield, not so bad company. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, uh, running out of IP addresses, we already covered that. Oh, Apple! <laughs> Here's an Apple story for you. You know the little screws at the bottom of your iPhone? Yeah. Uh, do we have an iPhone here for demonstration um, purposes? Yeah, I've probably got one. Um, on the bottom of your iPhone are two little Phillips head screws. Yes. Right? Take and those one, are the first two. two screws you pull out to disassemble. Right. Yes. Apparently, if you take your iPhone in for servicing at Apple yeah. now, when your iPhone comes back, you'll find that those screws have been replaced with special little five star heads right. which are custom made screw heads for apple right they're security screws and uh, i fix it now has the tool for undoing those but basically they're trying to stop people from tampering with their phones and replacing yeah. they're not even torque screws anymore these are these special they've actually got a wonderful name and i don't even know if i can pronounce it but they're actually called let's see if i can let's see if we can pronounce his name the screws are are, are wonderful they're called uh where is it um Pentalobe. There you go. <laughs> Pentalobe. Yeah, Pentalobe. Pentalobe. So these screws are apparently, if you bring it, if you take your iPhone in for servicing, they'll come back whether you ask for them or not. They'll come back with these screws now. So, so you can't even request your old screws? No, apparently not. But what iFixit is doing, if you go to iFixit.com, is you can actually get the driver. Yeah. Uh, they're calling it the um, iBreakIt kit or something like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love the, the way they do things. Oh, that's, uh, it's called the um, i. Oh, whatever it's called. Anyway, uh, the point is, what, what you get in the kit is you get the little screwdriver for yep. doing it. You get a Phillips head screwdriver, and yep. you get two of the original screws. <laughs> so you take out those little five head screws and put in the new Fuck ones. Fuck with the man. Absolutely. There's actually a video on the link, uh, which is an iFixit um, um, girl uh, yep. who works for iFixit, and she talks about the whole thing. Um, I was actually thinking about capturing it and putting it on the show, but it is three and a half minutes long, mm. and if you only capture part of it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So right. watch it, because she, she actually gets really angry and rants at one point about um, the fact that Apple keeps doing this sort of stuff. And yeah. her point is valid where she says, I understand your stuff is beautiful. I understand it's pretty and she loves her Macs. But once she buys it yeah. and she takes it home, what she does with it is her business. Damn right. And this is what Apple doesn't seem to understand. Yeah. You know, uh, once you've taken it home, it's yours. Yeah. You know, and you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. Um, and that's her point. And I'm wondering if the iPads and uh, the new MacBooks, which basically to replace or to upgrade RAM on the new MacBooks, you have to flip it over and you take out the five screws on the bottom mm. and you lift, take off the base plate. I wonder if they're going to start changing the screws on oh, all of that God. stuff as well. Sounds like it. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Then take it back to the Apple Service Center and get more special screws. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Collect the screws. Just keep taking your phone Changing it to the. Ch- yeah. Change it to I the. I want to uh, get. I, I want to be more like Mac. Can you change my screws and then just get home and unscrew them and take it back? <laughs> just keep taking it back and say, oh, "Look, the screws are wrong. Can you change the screws again?" I paid a thousand dollars for my iPad and iPhone. I want to be able to open it. Says Delta Knight. Absolutely. 
I there, agree. There's right. no reason why you shouldn't be able to. I can understand why they're so precious, but, but it's not right. Exactly. You know? No. Um, and yes, look, bottom line is 99, 99.8% of users will never even think to open up this mm. device. But those little 0.2%, all of us geeks out there who want to be able to pull this thing apart and do what we want to do with it, should be allowed to. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, there is a question going around at the moment, and uh, I think I can already vouch for the answer, which is, are iPads ready for school? Yeah. Um, there is a couple of schools now that have actually now started uh, issuing iPads at the beginning of the school year mm-hmm. as, the re- as the replacement to yeah. ma- you know, um, notebooks. My question is, are they ready for school? Yeah. Uh, uh, I think they are an amazing replacement for textbooks. There's yeah. no doubt about it. The only problem is not all the textbooks are on iPad yet. So yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. Are they a replacement for getting a laptop? <laughs> Question, I put it out there. I don't think they are. No. Because, no. let's face it, you're not going to write your, your essay on your iPad. I could. You could. But it's I not could write be a it in text experience. format, but I wouldn't then I wouldn't finish it on that. Like as an example, I would write my articles on this, but then I will take them to a site and put them on there. From a laptop. Mm. I would never do that from an iPad. I think it's a useful device for writing down stuff you have to do, organization, day-to-day use, browsing the net. I have never considered it as a possibility for a computer replacement. Mm. No, I, I, was, I still have a laptop. I still use a laptop. Look, I use my iPad every single day. I love my uh, iPad, but there is that one that one standard response that everybody needs to get through their heads, which is an iPad is a consumption device. It is not a creation device. Yeah. And there are people who will argue that and go, I create it on all the time. Maybe, but for the majority of people, it is a consumption device, not mm. a creation device. As a replacement for carrying around heavy textbooks, yeah. absolute genius. Yep. You know? I think it needs if you could have every one of your textbooks and novels and everything else on the iPad, I remember from being in high school carrying that fucking bag around breaking my back carrying textbooks that were like you know 600 pages 700 pages he's then go if i could have all that on an ipad one that device. i could that i could annotate and everything else and carry that one thing i would carry my ipad and a notebook yep and a pen you know yep. what i mean take notes in class with the pen and paper and you've got your textbook next to you yep. you know and then go home and write my essays on my laptop you know, that's what I would do. So I don't think they're quite ready. So I think these schools who are jumping up and saying, yes, everybody should have an iPad. I still think we're at an age where you issue laptops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we, schools issue laptops. Uh, some high schools issue laptops when you go start the school. I think that's the way to go at this point. I don't think iPad has quite yet got there. And I'm not even talking, when I say iPad, it's a generic term. We're talking about tablet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, iPad is just because it's the con- public consciousness. But tablet in general, we're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. Not until all the textbooks are in e-format. Once all the textbooks are in e-format, fine. You know, maybe. Okay. Uh, James from Melbourne says, what's wrong with carrying things? Isn't society getting lazy enough? Soon we won't have to go to school at all. Walking is so hard. I'm not talking about carrying stuff. Carrying stuff is fine. I remember from school, the amount that we ask our kids to carry is ridiculous. It's like, you know, carrying backpacks to the Himalayas. These school bags are dangerous. Mm. You know, these kids get back back issues and back pains from carrying these ergonomically unsound backpacks with, mm. you know, tons of weight in these things. It's not good for them. Well, you know? look, I mean, I... I don't think we I don't think whether or not a bag has lots of books or anything is necessarily like I don't buy into that old kind of like my 
parents' generation thing of, oh, you should just toughen up. Mm. It's realistically, if it's stupid and unsound, fine. Um, if, like, you're worried about physical fitness, they should go out once yeah. a week and play some Yeah, sort let's of increase physical fitness at school yeah, and, and not it, make them like, slave yeah, labor. Between, between classes isn't going to make me fit, necessarily. <laughs> Sorry, Jason Melbourne said, yeah, yeah, that's true. My kids look like turtles on their first day. Exactly, <laughs> and they move about as fast because they're they're sort of struggling between balancing and stepping forward. Yeah, and I look at my 11-year-old going off to primary school with this big backpack on his back and go, I don't remember carrying that much shit going to primary school. Yeah. I remember carrying that much shit going to high school, but not going to primary. These backpacks that these kids are carrying, the backpack's as big as he is. He's going to go, what the hell? All right, so uh, yeah, so I, th- I guess the the answer to the question is no. iPads are not yeah. ready. The, 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 in the old '70s phrase, "not ready for prime time." Yeah, not yet. Um, look, they're great. I love my iPad, but I don't don't think it's quite a laptop replacement yet. Quadcopters for the win! Please. <laughs> What? <laughs> Every week we seem to have a quadcopter story about them training quadcopters and turning them into, you know, evil, vicious robots. Here's actually a good story. Metropolitan Fire Brigade. Yeah. Um, now, I assume this is Sydney, has actually bought a bunch of quadcopters for yeah. the fire department. What they do is they go over bushfire areas and fire areas, and they've got heat sensors in them, and they can actually pinpoint... Uh, where new outbreaks are going to happen and stuff like that. By uh, Wow, that's so, so, so cool. So we've got these quadcopters out there actually doing a job, you know? Yeah. And I think that's so cool. Look, I, I don't think these are quite the little tiny quadcopters that we're talking about when we would see those little toys. But uh, quadcopters are so cool, man. I yeah. want a quadcopter. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. When I got told they were $400, I almost cried. I was um, like, oh, man. And really? you wouldn't want a little basic plastic quadcopter going above a bushfire, I think the thing would melt no, in midair. Yeah, you know? no, no. So I don't think they're quite the same quadcopter, but the concept is is still there. Um, uh, well, look, we're running a little over, so we might skip some of that. We've got uh, a solar sail spacecraft opened and unfurled its sails. I'll leave the show note in the show notes so you can have a look at it. It's pretty cool. Mm. Um, it, find, it basically became self-aware at one point, but we'll go into that later. Um, <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, look, we all need one of these. We'll skip over this very quickly. If you go to the show notes, you'll see a picture of it. Basically, somebody has invented a little wooden cage for an iPhone. Um, and the idea, <laughs> the idea is that uh, when you're going out and getting drunk, you put your iPhone into the cage before you go out. So when you come home drunk, you can't get it out and do random texting and calling. <laughs> <laughs> It's like putting your iPhone in jail, which I thought was really kind of cute. It's for those people with zero self-control. Um, it doesn't hilarious. actually say how it locks, though. I'd be very curious to know how it actually locks up. Wow. Um, what else we got here? We also have... Um, no, I just realized I'm hearing sounds over there. Uh, we also have... Um, oh, now, this is the one I love. Oh, I love this. We've got to say this really quickly. We're, we're, we're heading into geek territory here, but uh, which is fine with me but uh they're talking about the planet beetlejuice which has gone uh red giant at this point and they're saying that beetlejuice uh is probably going to go supernova and for a brief time we will actually have twin suns in the sky because they're saying beetlejuice is close enough that when it goes supernova we'll be able to see it in the sky so we'll have that kind of you know mark hamill star wars two sun things but that wasn't the cool part right the cool part was that the, the, the uh, astronomers who are saying that this is going to happen are saying this could happen next year, right? Yeah. 2012. We have a supernova close enough that we can actually see it. 2012. Let me just bring that date up one more time. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I, I just started going, hmm, the irony here. <laughs> you know, like, that it would be 2012. However, wow. it has been debunked already. 
Yeah. Uh, according to uh, an article on news.com.au, they basically said that the idea that Beetlejuice would explode by 2012 is probably fabrication and not to worry about it. And it is likely that we have no idea how supernovas actually work very mm. well. And we, we, there's no way to predict them. And they're saying that it could be anything from next year to a thousand years from now. So there's no way oh, of knowing. Oh, so only a little time gap. Little time gap. So there's no right. way of knowing when Beetlejuice will go supernova. So those who think that it might be the bringer of the apocalypse and the ending of the world in 2012, relax. All right. We don't, have any, pr- we don't have any proof of that. We'll have no IP addresses before then. All right. So, <laughs> uh, and this was the other one that really, uh, I got to say, thank you, Delta, for this one. This one really tickled me. Do you remember TikTok in, in Peter Pan, the crocodile that ate yeah. the clock? Yeah. And Captain Hook always heard him coming? Yeah. Well, apparently this is real because a person dropped their cell phone, some idiot dropped their cell phone into an, a, a crocodile uh, aquarium, mm. and uh, the crocodile ate it. And now you can actually hear it ringing in its stomach, <laughs> which. A, I think is genius because you can hear this phone ringing, but B, it shows how how durable a cell phone is that That's it awesome. survived the swallowing, the trip down the digestive tract and the stomach acids, and it's still ringing. And it's like, it wouldn't there be water in there as well? You would think. Now, according to, there is a, this is not all roses. I think it's very funny that we can hear the phone ringing inside. Yeah. But uh, apparently the crocodile is actually quite sick now and is not eating. Right. And uh, so there is thought that it's not sitting well with him. Uh, it's vibrating in his digestive <laughs> tract, dude. I can't imagine how that would feel. And good. I immediately start thinking, well, if it starts to decompose in stomach acids, then you've got battery acid. Mm. I mean, there's all sorts of things that could be happening They'll here. Get it up They're actually that. saying that if if, he, if the croc doesn't start eating by next week, then they're probably going to have to surgically remove the yeah. phone. So, I mean, we'll, they will get out. But in the meantime, we have a crocodile that's ringing. <laughs> I think it's funny. I'd l- I want to know how many tourists are going there and just dialing the number. <laughs> yes. Find out what the number is and some kids just sitting there pressing it and then hanging out and pressing it and hanging out. Apparently, she dropped uh, the uh, 14-year-old Gina, dropped her mobile phone into the crocodile pit, and nobody would believe her. That the crocodile ate the phone, so they dialed it and they could hear it ringing inside the croc. And that's how they knew that she was telling the truth. I think that was funny. Anyway, that just tickled me. Now, uh, this is a tip for all you Mac users out there. This was so simple. I don't know why nobody has thought of this in the past. Uh, Gizmodo has the article, but basically he was at basically a... uh, a table of people all using their computers and the power brick on a Mac, as we know, is a white shiny block yeah. and it's very slippery. And uh, so he decided, A, because he needed to identify his power brick with all these other users, mm. he wrapped a rubber band around it. Right. Then discovered that the rubber band suddenly made it traction. And now his power, he's left it on there forever because he basically puts his power brick on the table. It doesn't slide off. Oh, how simple is this solution? I want to know how long it is until Apple actually builds in some sort of rubber strip yep. around. Happen by next week around the, the outside, and of- the old ones won't work anymore. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> They'll come out with a new one with a slightly different voltage, and the old ones won't work anymore. So, and you'll have uh, to buy a new one. I, I'm, I'm, as soon as I can get myself a decent sized rubber band, I'm going to wrap one around mine because I think yeah, I've had that where your brick is there, it slides off the table, snaps out the. Uh, the, the power cord the power and your cord? screen goes dim and you're like, God damn it. Damn and then you've got to go pick it up. Or you're yeah. sitting there and you're using it and you go, why is my laptop suddenly no charge? And you go, oh, it's unplugged. I didn't even know it was unplugged, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I thought that was just a, t- a tip that was so simple that, yeah. you know, why hasn't anybody ever thought of this before? And I'm sure, see, this doesn't, appear, this doesn't apply to PC users because PC power bricks usually have little rubber feet on them. Yeah. 
Um, so nobody ever bothers with it. But the little uh, little Apple ones are as smooth as silk. Mm. Um, now, uh, hacking time. You have an Apple TV too. I do. Uh, XBMC, which is a media player suite, which is apparently a really good media player suite, mm. which I've never used. Uh, there is now a hack to be able to put that onto your Apple TV too. I can't do it. I've got an Apple TV one. But apparently it can put it. And there's video demonstrations of it in use and in yeah. operation playing 1080p video and the whole bit and apparently it works really well so you might want to look into that unofficially <laughs> i might look that up tonight absolutely well if if they're hacking it in any way like um uh the firecore people are it doesn't actually affect or or affect warranty mm. because all it is is just writing some extra code into the into the uh, unix so like i said I may have a look at that. You tonight. may have a look at that link later on. So if you have an Apple TV too, there is a link to put that on there. And the other one that I thought was really cool, and once again, there was a little bit of video, but it was hard to see what was going on. But basically, MIT has hacked the Connect. What well, I always love Connect hacks. They've hacked, hacked the Connect. They actually got a girl to dress up like Princess Leah, and they shot her in 3D space with Connects, going, Please help me, me. Obi Wan oh, Kenobi. And they so projected good. it as a hologram. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that's awesome. And I thought that was cool. Uh, we've just got word from Zed saying Apple TV One does work as well. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. I've actually got mine hacked already with the Firecore, which is brilliant. I play all my DIVX movies and stuff through that. But yeah. I would love to give XBMC a shot because the interface is really nice. Mm. Um, all right. So, yeah, I thought the idea of projecting her as a hologram with the whole Princess Leia gear on going, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, was just charming. That's true geek. Only MIT. Okay, geek food. We're not doing an epic mealtime this week. Uh, epic mealtime this week where they were actually doing something in New York in conjunction with another team. And, and it was all funny and all that sort of stuff. But there were a few links that the Delta sent through as well. And I just thought we'd just read some of these off. We yeah. are running a little overtime anyway. So we'll just read these off very quickly because some of these just kind of made me kind of gag just a Gross. little bit at the back of my throat. One was cheese. How would you feel about cheese made from human breast milk? <laughs> um, yeah, um, right. Okay, I guess. Gizmodo has the article and basically says, <laughs> they start it by saying, yes, there is such a thing as human cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, now, apparently what, and, and they're saying that, you know, it shouldn't be as gross as we're, we're thinking it is, because let's face it, you know, breast milk is, you know, completely natural and everything yep. else. But as they are quick to point out, it's for babies. Yep. All right. But there are some people who have decided to try and, you know, churn human breast milk into uh, cheese. And they've actually even made different varieties, apparently. Oh, of course. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so uh, they actually have, currently there are three flavors. Sweet Airy Equity, which is a mild and hard cheese made from a young mother of Chinese descent. Right. Uh, Wisconsin Bang, deliciously creamy cheese made with the milk of a sweet lawyer's assistant who hails from Wisconsin. And City Funk, a stinky cheese from a reserved lady from Manhattan. Oh, God. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's so gross. That's so, so if you feel like a little bit of breast milk cheese, go for it. Um, another story that I thought was just this one kind of made me. This is the one that kind of the breast milk cheese. Okay, I've tasted breast milk. You know, because when your wife is breastfeeding, yeah. you are curious as to what it tastes yeah. like. Okay, you know, I mean, every father yeah. has probably done this. Yeah, I wouldn't say I would drink it again, but I've tasted it. You know, right. So that doesn't bother me. This bothers me. Yeah. Taco Bell 
in Dude, America. After that last story, I don't even want to know where you're going yeah. with this uh, one. My question is, if you remember the ad on TV in America, which some yeah. of you probably won't, where they would say, where's the beef, right? What was the jo- what Well, was- it was all about how Burger King was basically saying we're 100% ground beef yeah. and you know, everybody else is, is faking it, right? Yeah. And there was this old lady amongst all these hamburgers going, where's the beef, right? Yeah. And uh, anyway, so Taco Bell, uh, one of their uh, labels from their taco meat filling. Yeah, uh, uh, was uh, read off and printed up here on. Uh, now, where is this from? This is from Gizmodo as well. Yeah, and I love the fact that it actually says here's the table of contents for the taco meat filling. Now you'll notice that they don't say beef. Yeah, the taco, taco meat, meat filling. filling. Okay, right. water, isolated oat product, salt, chili pepper, onion powder, tomato powder, oats, wheat, soy lecithin, sugar, spices, maltodextrin. Um, a, a psycho, I can't even pronounce that word, that is absorbed with glucose, soybean oil, anti-dusting agent, uh, garlic powder, autolyzed yeast extract, citric acid, caramel color. Are you noticing something missing at this point? I'm, I'm still looking yeah. further down. I'm yeah. trying to Cocoa find powder, it. Cocoa powder, silicon dioxide, silicon dioxide. Yeah. All right, this, uh, which is an anti-caking agent, natural flavors, yeast, modified cornstarch, natural smoke flavor, natural smoke flavor. Okay, good. Uh, salt, sodium, phosphate, less than 2% of beef broth, beef broth, beef potassium broth. phosphate, and potassium lactate. It says, oh, yeah, and there's 36% beef. Wow. Okay. So right. Apparently, they can't call it beef. It doesn't have a high enough beef rating. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, So it is really, really scary. It says here, according to the USDA, you can't call any product that has that kind of combination beef. Beef is defined as flesh of cattle. Ground beef is described as chopped fresh and or frozen beef with or without seasoning and without the addition of beef fat. As such, shall not contain more than 30% fat and shall not contain added water, phosphates, binders, or extenders. Right, so they can't actually call they it They can't meat. call it beef. When you go eat a taco at Taco Bell, or I assume by extrapolation, their burritos and everything else, you're not eating beef. You're <laughs> eating that entire list of shit that we just said. Oh, and a, little, the, and a little bit of beef waved over it for good measure. On the bright side, I mean, at least it's not, you know, like all crap. There's, Silicon you know, dioxide? <laughs> I said not all. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty. Uh, that's not pretty, man. That's not pretty. And I, as a junk food addict, I have to look at it and go. And I love Taco Bell, but I have to look at that and go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like and it, there was always that joke about McDonald's and the fact that their burgers were the meat patties were more cereal than beef. Mm. This really does. Yeah, show a lot. Well, I'm sure go. it's the same basic concept. So yeah, when they talk about. You know, 100% ground beef patties. Really think about what is actually in there. Um, I've got to ask about the next one. You've got to ask about this one. I've titled this story, Have a Nice Cool Drink of Meat Water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's All right. you, you heard him right. I did. Meat Water. Meat Water. Gizmodo, once again, I don't know where they dig this shit up from. There is actually a beverage called Meat Water. Right. Um, according to this, it actually says that it is they created liquids that actually have the taste of beef salad, uh, poached salmon salad, cheeseburgers, or Hungarian goulash. Oh, Hungarian goulash. Apparently that's (laughs) the best seller too. There you go. (laughs) I don't want my water to taste like beef. I'm sorry. (laughs) That just sounds horrible. (laughs) It's a protein-rich drink. Well, if it's beef, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Flavored like various meats. Uh, Now, I don't know exactly what the flavoring is. I don't know if it actually contains meat. 
but meat water is available apparently That's in the states. Disgusting, and it's very wrong in every way. I've That's never, I've never wrong. seen this for sale in Australia. By Thank the way, thank you, so. Delta. I agree. That is horrible. It is just yeah, yeah. wow. It's just disgusting, and um, I won't be drinking it. And I also won't be drinking this energy drink. Um, now, if you, we're going to just do a throwback here for a second. If you remember two weeks ago, I think it was yeah. on Epic Meal Time. Yeah. They actually poured this drink into their chili. Right. Remember, we were actually yeah, saying, yeah. what is a Four loco? Yeah. And we were assuming that it was beer or something like that. Four loco apparently is an energy drink right. um, that is banned in the United States. Remember, they're in Canada, wow. so they can obviously get it. Now, according to this, it says two teenagers in California were found dead um, with an empty can of Four loco, which is a banned alcohol and caffeine concoction. Wow. Well, because the whole thing was, man, um, it's the same reason that... Uh, I, I, we will stress here, before yeah. we make it sound like Four loco was the fault here, yeah. it does say, and other evidence of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, so I imagine they would have done a lot of things, but um, one, of the, one of the things that you're taught um, in an RSA is that you should never give people more than one um, Red Bull and vodka, mm. um, because mm. the whole concept is uh, alcohol lowers the uh tissue and life around your heart and then alcohol uh sorry the red bull makes it speed up yeah so basically it is a heart attack well this is why they say you're not supposed to drink and a lot of people were it was a very popular thing to do in the uh, late 80s you're not supposed to take sudafed and alcohol because of the same issue sudafed speeds your heart up yeah and alcohol fucks you over so you know and two um, of them together will make your heart explode the the two of them together in any concoction (coughs) is a terrible idea yeah maybe one at the start of a night or something to get you started but seriously guys (laughs) so these guys were taking drugs and drinking four locos and you could just say this is a heart attack waiting to happen well dude those guys (laughs) they walked into their own deaths so yeah so anyway so that we finally have an explanation as to what four loco is so for that uh for that uh, epic mealtime um that was an energy drink they were pouring to the chili, which actually makes it all the more disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so that's our food section of the week. Uh, as I say, we didn't we didn't want to uh, belabor epic meal time because the meat water and taco meat filling just takes it for me. Mm. Uh, not to mention the human breast milk cheese uh, and meat water. Wow, that was meat so- water, man. Meat water. That's just wow. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> they, have cal- they have caffeinated alcohol here in Australia. I forgot what it's called, though, says Calisynth. Also, we uh, had one here. You're a big energy drink drinker. Zed says, if you want an energy drink, get Synergy. Australian-made, sugar-free, totally rocks. Yeah. Haven't tried it, sorry. It's, um, it's the one that tastes quite a bit like Red Bull. Okay, and Calisynth says his understanding is Four loco is like Red Bull and vodka. Yeah. All right, yeah. so there you go. Uh, and you're not allowed to serve vodka and Red Bull you can buy them separately, but they will pour it in for you at the bar. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but you can buy a shot of vodka and a can of Red Bull. <laughs> there yeah. you go. And James says, these are all Darwin Award winners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or potential Darwin Award winners. Uh, okay. And does anybody have an answer to what this caffeinated alcohol is in Australia? Please throw it in the chat room when you get a chance. Let's do our Geek Picks of the Week. Yeah. Uh, see if we can get ourselves back on track because we're uh, r- running short on time. I've only got one pick this week that I'm going to bring up. Oh, me too. So it'll be nice Which is uh, an iPad app, uh, and I've been playing with this a lot. Uh, now, it's not going to demonstrate very well on the video. I will try. 
but it's actually called Animation HD. And I don't know if about you, but when I was in the teenager and I was in high school, I used to buy by the crate load those plain white little block pads yeah. because during class, when I wasn't paying attention to my teachers, I was which making was always. always I was making little animated films and yeah. you know the little flipbook films, which I absolutely love. Um, and what they've basically released on iPad now with this Animation HD is a way of just making flipbook anim- animations. And so I've got a little sample here. I don't know if anybody can see it in the chat room. We'll just start playing it. So you can uh, see if we can pull up my camera. You can actually see a little spaceship flying there. Basically, all you do is it, it creates a, uh, an animation timeline and a white piece of paper. You draw your picture on it. And um, when you actually step to the next frame, it actually onion skins the one before it. Yeah. So you can see the outline of the one before it. So you know where to draw onto and then you just keep going and you can, yeah. and it'll export out to YouTube. It will export out as a QuickTime movie. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's, uh, I think from memory, it was about four ninety nine, five ninety nine, something like that. It's not expensive. Right. Um, but it was fun. It's a lot of fun to play with. Josh, what do you got? Um, uh, my pick is, of course, a bit more expensive, and most geeks will probably either already have it or have it on a wish list already. But um, my pick for the week is Dead Space I on iPhone this. and iPad. Um, I would actually prefer to get it on iPhone. It runs a lot better um, just because it's a smaller screen, so it's easy to kind of navigate with. Um, really, uh, guys, like it says at the start, when you turn it on, play it with the headphones. It's just a totally different experience (laughs) Um, they've really got the sound down that's probably the biggest thing that they've got right the control system is really good it's taking the best out of what we've seen for the third person shooters kind of a system a little bit complicated um, but you will get your head around it relatively fast the graphics are really nice and uh, yeah just a solid game like a really really Mm -hmm. good game like this is gaming quality game. Well, the screenshots are sensational. The only thing mm. that's held me back is the eight ninety nine price tag. Mm. But um, look, it's a new game, and I think eighty yeah. ninety nine is pretty good considering it's a full game. Yeah, so. no, it looks great. And apparently for those who are wondering, it's not the same Dead Space. It is a whole yeah. new story, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, it's supposed to take... Uh, it's supposed to happen during the events of what happens in number one. So is it going to be... So it's happening during the event, so it's not like a bridge between two? No, 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 no. It's uh, the ship that crashes into your ship at the end of number one. Right, which I never got to because yeah. I couldn't get into the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it was too hard and scary. <laughs> I have to admit, it was too hard. Is it yeah. easier to play than, than real, real Dead Space? Um, no, it's harder. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I won't play it then. Maybe yeah. I'll wait till it drops in price and comes out as a special. Electronic yeah. Arts is good at putting specials yep, out. Yep, they so. are. They're very good so at specials. I'll wait till it drops a bit in price. But uh, yeah, no, I do want to play it. The, I, I saw it in the shop and I went, ooh, that looks good. Yeah. The other thing I want to buy and I haven't bought yet because I've been playing with it. Actually, I'll, I'll put up as, as a pick this week as well. It's yeah. actually Geek Betty got it in for me, uh, suggested it for me, and I haven't mentioned it until now, and I should, is 1Password, which is a Mac application and a yeah. Windows application. Uh, it's you buy it for your PC. Yeah. Uh, you create one master password. Uh, for that program and then you can make your passwords as complicated as you want for sites you go to online just mm-hmm. random gibberish it keeps track of them so when you go to the site you just hit the one password button it fills in the password codes for you nice and so all you have to worry about is your one local vault and mm-hmm. it'll also store uh, sensitive email sensitive notes uh, all sorts of stuff all basically within this one vault wow. very cute little program there is also the reason why I brought it up is because there is now an iPad, iPad iPhone right. version yep. Um, I would like to see the only thing that's held me back yet. I want to see how it all integrates because I don't yep. want to have to create separate accounts accounts for, for everything. Things. I'd like to be able to create one and sync it across all my devices. Um, 
Uh, yeah, X marks for Firefox is another one that's for filling in, uh, filling in fields as well. But this is a, 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 a standalone app, basically. Mm. It's really neat when you actually use it because you go to a website and it says, do you want one password to remember this? Yeah. And you say yes, type in the master password, and the next time you go there, all you have to do is hit the one password and it fills it in for you. Mm. Um, so it's very cool. Uh, so, yes, that's another app, and thanks, Geek Betty, for putting me onto that. Cool. Okay. Oh, my God, I think we're done. That's it. I think we've finished the show. I think we've managed to... Not be too over time. Um, all right, so let's uh, wrap this up and basically say that if you have anything you want to add, if you want to correct our technicals for the IPv4 6 scenario, mm-hmm. in fact, if you know details, if you work in the industry, if you have any insight into this yeah. at all, please email us. We would love, or voicemail us even better, yeah. talk to us. We would love to know about it. Uh, feedback at geekaction.com. Yeah. Uh, Delta says, Dave, feedback email that I sent you. Yeah, you did send me an email. I, why am I not reading that? Um, see, now I've got to go look at emails. Oh, no, I remember which one it was. I even printed it. Yes. Very quickly, before we actually... Where did I put it? I was sitting over there. That's why. Uh, very quickly. Delta actually sent us a feedback. Yeah. Um, he does all of our show notes as well. But he sent this through. And I thought we'd bring this up now. Uh, very quick on this. Basically, he says, Hey, geeks and geekettes. He saw an article while doing his normal thing of looking through geek sites during his lunch break. And even though I'd already been at lunch for 20 minutes longer than I should be, I found an article that made me think. Yeah. The article is titled, What Technologies Are Getting You Through the Day? Yeah. Um, uh, he says, years ago, my dad and my uncle uh, took both my cousin and myself for a bushwalk. Excuse me. And my dad posed one question to us. How would you survive if all technology was gone? Yeah. It's kind of scary in a way how reliant we are on technology these days, even just to get through one simple day of work and our life. Personally, I wouldn't even have a job if all tech was gone. But for me to even get through a single day of work, I rely on a lot of things. Personally, I feel weird being simply disconnected from the net when my router stopped working a couple of days ago. Now he asks us the same question. What technologies are getting you through the day? I think for everyone that listens to this podcast, um, I would just personally advise... Just think about that. Just take it as the final and note. And I'm going to give you one bottom line answer to all this. Yeah. Electricity. Yeah. You take electricity out of the equation and we're fucked. Oh, I'm not. But, yeah. You're not? I, yeah, I've done think it about, before. Think, okay. I actually used to do it twice a year. I used to do it as a regular thing. I used to go to somewhere where I couldn't get technology mm-hmm. and actually just spend a week somewhere away from technology. I don't do it. Uh, yeah, but no, I'm not, I'm not even talking about technology. Think about it. Yeah, electricity. Electricity. No lights. No heating. Unless you have gas. No cooking. You know. No. No audio visual entertainment. No electricity means nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a really strange it, and it doesn't really strike you until you have a blackout. And when you suddenly have a blackout at your house, mm. which we had about six months ago, it was only down for like an hour. But mm. for that one hour, you sit there and you go. Oh, my God. You forget how reliant Mm. you are on electricity, pure and simple, you know, on everything. But I agree with you. You can survive. Oh, well, like, I I did the whole Rambo tomboyish thing between, like, 10 and, and like, 15, where I used to do the whole knife a bag of stuff and go into the bush for long periods of time, Mm. which is really weird now that I think how much of a tech nerd I've become. But, um... Yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking about when I was a kid, we were big bike riders. And yeah, exactly. And, and now you look at it and go, boy, it's so it's such a distant memory, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I will force my kids to do the same, I'm Yeah. Sure. Oh, well, my son is actually starting um, 
uh, since he uh, recovered from leukemia, he's put mm-hmm. on a bit of weight because yeah. it's actually a very common thing with um, post uh, um, uh, chemotherapy mm. to put on a lot of weight. And so he's put on a little bit of weight and all this sort of stuff. So he's actually, we've enrolled him in a program that's going to go for the whole term twice a week yeah. where he goes and learns about better eating and exercise and, you know, yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We, I go with him and it's two hours every Tuesday and every Thursday night. And it's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. It's after school program, you know, mm. I think it'll be good for him. So and it'll be good for me too. Yeah. So. It's one of those things where it's, um, it's like, yeah, no, I understand though. And, um, it, it's a great thing to just think about. I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers and waving and being like, ah, oh, people should, you know, think mm. about this. Um, I just mean, actually think about it. It's a fascinating thing to just run through for a whole day. Just, just take it into the equation on your day-to-day life, whether you're watching this in the morning mm. and you think about it for the rest of the day or you do it the next day. Just every time you pick up a phone, every time you use a computer, every time you use an ATM or whatever, just tick in your mind. Just make a mental tick yeah. of it, and you will be amazed how long the list is by the time mm. you finish that day. Oh, we were actually, when we had our blackout, it was actually really interesting because we couldn't even use the phone. In the old days, you could still pick up the phone and mm. use the phone. Because it was all rotary dial yeah. and, you know, the lines weren't dependent on the electricity. Nowadays, we have cordless phones. Yeah. Take the power out of the equation. They can't even function anymore, yeah. you know? It's like everything went out. It's like yeah. it was, it's quite unbelievable. Um, my phone has a curly cord. I can even use it in a blackout. Yeah, that's one of the old style yeah. phones, you know? And it, uh, it makes you think. Sometimes you go, maybe we should actually backtrack our technology just a little bit. Just in case, you know. No, 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 man. I, I, I can't wait for Skynet and our new, you know, sort of robot overlords. It's going to happen either way. So I figure <laughs> let's just get used to it now. All right. So the link to the article that inspired this email is actually going to be in our show notes. So thank you very much for that feedback, Delta. I actually, I printed and everything. I completely forgot about. So thank you for reminding me. Yeah. I want to come back to this. I want to revisit this. So yeah. I would like feedback from listeners yeah all right so the question is let's say it one more time what technologies are getting you through the day yeah what, okay what things could you not live without well no the, the question basically is what do you use every single day so that when if robot apocalypse comes and you don't have any more you're going to notice this yeah. right so what is it that gets you through your day what technologies are you using Gaming. regularly constantly every single day for me laptop ipad internet I'm okay though, Dave. I watched um, I watched Book of Eli, so I know how to rig up uh, an iPhone <laughs> to a car battery. So I'm sorted for life. <laughs> anyway, <coughs> I want the U.S. living in a cave. No offense, Dave. Pardon? Yeah. I want to buy a UPS for my modem and phone. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. I don't think that's going to help. Uh, well, it'll keep it going for a little bit, not for very long. Though. No. Uh, he wants us living in caves. Who wants us living in caves? Oh, no, no, no. Well, I'm backtrack this back a little bit. Anyway, send yeah. us your feedback. Let us know. The question, once again, what technologies are getting you through the day? Okay. Mm-hmm. Write to us at feedbackgeekaxi.com. Answer that question. I'd be very curious. We'll read off or voicemail us. Uh, 02801131167 or Skype ID Geek. Actually, you can voicemail. If you don't feel like writing, you can tell us. Keep your voicemail short, about 30 seconds to a minute in length, and uh, we'll play them on the show. If we get enough of them, we'll uh, we'll revisit this topic, okay? Uh, Now, remember, you can follow everything that we do, whether it be Twitter or Facebook or all those sort of things. Just go to geekaxi.com. There is follow us buttons. There are links all over the site. Just a reminder, we have closed the forum. Uh, We have locked out the forum because we're getting way too much spam and I don't have time to maintain it. If you want to get engaged in conversation, like with the forum, go to our Facebook fan 
page. That's the place to go now. We're going to run that as our form. And secondly, I also have to, or not secondly, but thirdly or fourthly now, I also have to remind people that the uh, this show uh, is currently going out on the old Tech Actually feed and yeah. on the Geek Actually feed. There's only two more episodes until the Tech Actually feed is terminated. Okay? So if you are listening to this off the Tech Actually feed, please go resubscribe to yeah. the Geek Actually feed because in two more episodes, you're not going to get any more shows. Okay? Yeah. So make sure you go to search us on iTunes or wherever you're getting your podcatcher. Go to Geek Actually as, yeah. your, as your feed. Okay? Okay, uh, you can watch this show, as I said, every Saturday, 12 p.m., Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. You can jump in the chat room and get involved in there. We also want to have a quick shout-out to your other podcast. Yep, uh, rawdlc.com. We go out Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Come over and listen to us. We're a gaming-related podcast, and uh, there is all sorts happening on the website at the moment. If anybody wants to laugh, if you're in either the chat room or uh, listen to the podcast, there is a post up there at the moment which is talking about... Um, a user review for a video game it is quite possibly one of the funniest things i've seen in a long time so head over and check that out cool all right we also want to shout out to our friends uh the real junkies over at weekendronin.com they're a film podcast uh they're a lot of fun we're actually going to start trying to get them onto the show they've Mm. actually threatened to all come on at once Mm. um i think we'll probably start with doing you guys one at a time maybe we'll see how we go um uh, but yeah look forward to that in the future we'll try and get them on but uh, you can find them at weekendronin.com or search for them on iTunes. Their yeah. show's a lot of fun. And also, we want a couple shout-outs. First of all, uh, Josh Spencer, who, do, who did our artwork for our yeah. um, cover arts. Very good. AttackNinja.blogspot.com and uh, The Arbiter Magazine, yes. which, which is, is coming, coming out, out very soon. Yes, it's coming out next week. Uh, there's been a delay because I was sick last week and uh, we've been waiting for an email back. It sounds like everything's on track, so we're pretty much ready to go by next week. Fantastic. All right. Uh, One last thing, just to remind you that we also have a film podcast called Film Actually, which you can find on Geek Actually, or or you can find it also at geekactually.com. Film Actually, we do one feature film review. We take a Mm -hmm. look at the week's news, and we also have our lists of five, where we list five films Mm -hmm. um, of whatever particular genre we want to talk about that week. It's a lot of fun. We record that also live straight after this show. Uh, So do try and subscribe to that on iTunes if you can. And please, the other thing I wanted to say, we've got a whole bunch of new listeners uh our numbers are are moving around at the moment if you are new and you do get us through itunes please just drop into itunes and drop a review in particular i am talking to our north american listeners yeah uh because we really need to move up the ranks on the american itunes store so if you are a north american listener please drop us a review on itunes it would be really really handy to help us move we're trying to make that dent into the american market we wonderful okay uh with all that being said i'm gonna sign off and i'm gonna use delta knight phrase because he does it at the end of every show notes and it's wonderful i'm going to say geek on everyone (laughs) (laughs) and we'll see you all next week bye now bye